Hey y'all, so tonight I want you to unpack your suitcase. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're ever planning a vacation, you're going to get everything together. You're going to organize it super good. You're going to make sure everything is folded and smushed in there so you can fit all the things that you want to take with you. You might even leave a little spot for souvenirs if you have the mind to do it. And there's a ton of planning that goes into packing your suitcase for a vacation, right? Like there's a system, there's a process. Now, it's a completely different story when you're coming back from a vacation. Why? Because you're squeezing out every minute and by the time that you actually get out of there, it's a rush. You're just slapping everything in that suitcase trying to shove stuff in there that doesn't fit and sit on it until it does actually fit. You don't care as much about how organized and well-planned it is because all you gotta do is get there and get there on time. And when you get back, your suitcase on the return from your trip does not look like anything close to what it did um, before you left. And for victims of abuse, that's what everything feels like, honestly. Not just emotionally, but I mean, tonight we were talking about the emotional part of your suitcase, okay? And that's what I want to talk about. When you walk into an abusive relationship, you might not have it all together. You might not be a super person. However, you're generally a lot better off emotionally when you walk into an abusive relationship than you are when you walk out. And that's what we're attempting to change. So even if you're still in the relationship, I want you to unpack your emotional suitcase. Now, kind of how it works is like when everything's just thrown in there, um, once you get back home, I'm not a good unpacker. Let's be honest, like packing, yeah, I can get the stuff in there, but like unpacking, I'm like, can I put it off till tomorrow? Do I have another day or two? Um, and then I start slowly pulling pieces out and putting some of it away at a time. And so when you emotionally unpack your suitcase, what you're going to do is you're going to go through your emotions and it's like, it's multi-steps because you're going to need to grieve because you're going to see that some things are not in the condition that they were when you went in. Okay. You're going to have some unexpected items because really abuse is not a vacation. It's more like a trip through hell. So it's like you packed your suitcase thinking you were going on vacation only to find out that you had to take a pit stop at hell and then you couldn't get off that train until now. Okay, you got to my drift here. So there's a lot of unexpected things in your suitcase, unexpected emotions that you're going to want to unpack. And part of the deal is this. When you unpack your emotional suitcase, you don't have to have it all together and you don't have to work through every emotion at that time. Essentially, what you're doing is you're kind of taking inventory. You're taking stock of what emotions and what trauma you have thanks to your trip through an abusive relationship. Do you understand? So you're not necessarily fixing everything right now as much as you are taking stock of the damage that was done, of the strengths and joys and good aspects of your personality that you still have, of strengths that were weakened by the words of your abuser. And we're going to just take a general stock and a general guilt-free inventory of what is left. And so like when I unpacked my emotional suitcase and we'll do this now, but this is also a process over time. So you'll do it, but then you'll also start to really go through the detailed portions of your emotional suitcase and realize, wow, there's a lot more in here than I thought. And this is key. Please remember this. 
it's okay to be a mess. When you're going through it, it can feel overwhelming and you can think about how much you lost and how much you've changed and how much, I guess for me, it was like, I'm a shell of a person. That's how I felt. I felt like, oh my gosh, I am a shell of who I was when I walked into this. But I do want to say that when you have survived abuse, you have built up some incredible strengths. They're just kind of hard to see when you're dealing with the trauma. Okay. So we're going to focus on those strengths because we're not going to neglect them, but we're also going to grieve the things that make us sad. We're going to admit to the things that aren't as pretty as we'd like them to be. You're just going to unpack and find out what souvenirs you were left with, with abuse, what was strengthened, um, and how you came out. Because honestly, guys, you're a survivor. All right. You've already won half the battle. You survived it. And I know getting out isn't easy. And I know like building yourself up when you're just thinking about getting out isn't easy. It's not easy to face what you've been through. It's not easy to face what they've done. It's not easy to admit the hard truths, but that's what we're going to do. Because remember, this is a guilt-free zone. You don't get to judge you right now and no one else gets to judge you right now. Okay. So just slowly pick it out. And I'll just list off a couple of the things for me that I unpacked right off the bat. Grief. Um, I was grieving, but my grief was mixed in with a huge, huge chunk of you owe me. Okay. <clears throat> what that means is I was grieving and I was sad over the loss of the relationship. Not that I had, because realistically I could look at my relationship and acknowledge it was not good. I mean, we weren't even like romantic. Did we have sex? Yeah. Because apparently that was convenient for him, but he might come have sex with me and then go sleep on the couch or go sleep with the kids. He didn't care about providing affection. He would purposely reject my touch and reject my need for affection. So I didn't even have a romantic relationship. I didn't feel like I was in an actual relationship. I just felt like I was living with someone who didn't like me and sometimes liked to have sex with me and talk like I was his wife. Do you understand? But back then I couldn't be that honest with myself because I had all of my hopes and dreams tied into my version of who I was dealing with. Okay. So I know what it's like when you're first starting out and admitting those hard truths. It's okay. One step at a time. Okay. And so I had, you owe me, um, mixed in there because I felt like for nine years I had loved on him and I had put up with so much crap and I had tried so hard to do anything and everything I possibly could have fixed the marriage, but I could not figure out what was wrong. And then I finally opened up that book about emotional abuse. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is us. Like he has been emotionally abusive, spiritually abusive, verbally abusive this whole time. But it looks different than what I was finding in the online articles I had been looking at because he never crossed the legal line. He didn't cross all those physical lines. He didn't cross into sexual abuse. He stopped at this very subtle form of abuse. And I felt like the least that that man could do after putting me through that hell for nine years was get his crap together, figure out that he was wrong, say that he was sorry, and go through an abuse recovery program to find out how to not do it to me again. And I was stuck in that weird limbo. You guys know how it is where you're desperately hoping that they'll change. And you have so much love invested, but you have so much of yourself invested into that relationship. And you desperately hope that they will actually, this will be the time that they actually change. But you see sign after sign after sign after sign that they're not going to. And, you know, it really is like the level of hope that you have. Sometimes the naivety that you have, like there's so many factors that feed into that. But for me, it was this admission of 
you know what? I don't think he's going to change. But that left me with a pretty bitter feeling of, what the heck? What the heck? I loved you for all of those years. I did all of this stuff to try to save our marriage. And now we actually know what the problem is and you won't do what it takes to make it right. You owe me. Now, did I actually say that to him? No, that's not smart to do. Okay. I'm not in an abusive relationship. So uh, I just had to tell myself like, wow, I feel like this is owed to me and I'm not going to get it. Like I really started to, to come to terms with the fact that I was not going to get that knight in shining armor. I love you so much, baby. I'll change and do anything for you. That was not going to happen for me. And then I had to unpack uh, how much I had allowed his rejection of me and his continual abuse of me to determine my self-worth. And I had to deal with the fact that so much of my self-esteem had been broken down by words. And most of the words that broke my self-esteem were outright words. They weren't, you're stupid. It was more, oh, look, this subject you don't have the details about. You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't understand anything, do you? But I gradually began to doubt my ability to finance anything, okay, even groceries. I doubted my ability to be pretty. I doubted my ability to be a good wife. I doubted my ability to be anything good, really. And that's where he wanted me so he could still use all the good parts about me, but he didn't have to treat me like I was worthy of love and respect. So I had to unpack all of those things and unpack the fact that I had allowed him to treat me that way. And I justified it. And I had like a million and one excuses and I'd use my spirituality to be like, I'm trying to be a good wife. I'd use the fact that I loved him and I was in a relationship and trying to honor and respect him. But the truth was that underneath all of that, I was a scared girl who desperately wanted someone to love me. And I enabled him to abuse me because I didn't put my foot down. And like, yes, it was subtle abuse. And so there's a part of me that's like, it was really hard to tell sometimes that it was abuse until later, right? Until after the moment that I did, I let it happen over and over again. And then I tried harder to make him happy. We didn't abuse of a relationship. We've all been there. And then I had to deal with shame because it wasn't my fault. It is never your fault when someone chooses to abuse you. But I felt ashamed that I had allowed it to go on for so long and that I kind of debased myself trying so hard to make it better. Like it was somehow my fault. And then there's that misplaced blame where you feel like it's your fault, but the truth is it's never your fault when someone chooses to abuse you. Not ever. Never, 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 never. Oh, well, they instigated it. Or you feel like, well, I I should have known better. No. Abusers will always look for an excuse to put the blame on you. You've got to be the one to stand up and say, you know what? They never had the right to do that to me. And the person that needs to hear you say that more than anyone is you. So whether you look in the mirror or you're just sitting by yourself, you say, I never did a single thing to deserve to be abused because that's the truth. And I had to admit that I'm worthy of love and respect and that I had been building that up while I was still with him. While I was going through that hellish relationship, I started saying, I'm worthy of love and respect. I deserve to be treated with love and respect. And I took actions and that helped me be stronger. Um, I unpacked how I had felt so lonely going to bed by myself at night, but that was actually serving me well in equipping me to leave him. I had developed a sense of independence and it was essentially this. It wasn't like, cause I was super strong. Or I was like, so amazing. Okay. Let's be honest. It really was because I would pray and I'd be like, God, I want to leave this marriage so bad, but I felt like I couldn't Right? a huge amount of my faith was 
like manipulated by him into staying with him right um and i was like lord i feel like i can't leave him but i don't want to spend my whole life miserable and he may never change you know and that's an important like goalpost to reach to is realizing that your abuser may never change do you really want to keep going on the off chance that they do do you really want to spend 90 percent of your life miserable on the off chance that in their late 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 years when you've already lived your life completely miserably they might change do you want to because i didn't want to but at the time i thought that was my option and so i became more independent like i'm a very interconnected person i really enjoy relationship i want to cuddle you so hard if you're my friend i want to hug you i want to be close to people i want to talk to them i want to spend time with them i really 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 enjoy spending time with the people that i love okay i can be a little clingy if i want to um it was hard for me to develop a strong sense of independence and I kind of hated it uh yeah I didn't develop it willingly I developed it because I found myself in situation after situation where I was alone or on my own and didn't have any help and it was either get stuck there or somehow learn some sense of independence in it so I could keep moving forward and not be miserable and those attributes when I unpacked those out of my suitcase those helped me a lot when I left him So you might go through some hard things, but they might just strengthen you for the things that you need to do when it's time to get out. And I step-by-step unpacked my suitcase. I pulled out a piece at a time, an emotion, a moment, a memory, a feeling. You know, sometimes it's like taste or smell is associated with that memory or hearing a song. And there was this really great, like several really great songs that I heard on the radio at that time. So there was a... Eli Young Band, and it was, uh, darn it, I just had a brain fart, guys, um, Love Ain't, that's what it was called, it was like Love Ain't, lyrics are awesome, if you get a chance to look it up, and I, like, I knew for so long that what he was showing me wasn't love, but I was competing against him being the only voice in my life saying, well, yeah, I do love you, just can't receive it, I do love you, it's just because of your past and how messed up your childhood was that you can't receive it, okay? And I honestly believe that for a while because my self-esteem was so low and I knew I had a rough go of it when I was a kid. So I thought that had damaged my ability to have relationships. I did not realize he was just taking advantage of that to continue the abuse. Um, There was another song by Lee Bryce that came out because I was listening to country, right? Like I switched it up, couldn't listen to Christian songs without feeling like I should like just stay in the relationship, right? Because I'd use those for so long to keep myself in bondage. And um, it was like, you don't sound like you. Lee Bryce, you don't sound like you. And I was like, I am not myself anymore. I was so tired. I had to unpack tired. I had years of exhaustion and stress and worn out tidness. Is that a thing? Worn out tidness? Okay, because that's how I felt. I was so tired all the time. I wasn't myself and I knew it, but I thought it was all my fault. I spent years thinking, I wasn't myself because I wasn't strong enough and I wasn't smart enough and I didn't do a good enough job and I wasn't a good enough mom and I couldn't deal with stress well enough. But the truth was, when you're in an abusive relationship, it wears down everything. That sense of never being enough, that came from the abuse. And you're going to have all of these things and you're going to have grief and you're going to have sadness. You're going to have joy that you actually put a stop to some of the crap, but more than anything, what you're going to want to unpack in your suitcase is self-love. 
You're going to want to love yourself and be tender with yourself. Be kind. You're going to see all of it. You're unpacking your suitcase. You're going to see the damage that was done. You're going to see in a more real and stark way, like the shadow of who you become and the shell of the person you used to be. And it's going to be hard. But you're already so brave for unpacking your suitcase at all. You're already so strong for taking a stand against the abuse in whatever small way you choose. You're already taking a step forward, righting a wrong, loving yourself with kindness. So show yourself the same grace you wish everyone else would. Give yourself a judgment-free zone to unpack your suitcase, not have to measure up, not have to be good enough, not have to be anything but yourself and choose before you ever unzip that thing and open it up that you will love you no matter what you discover, no matter what truths you face, no matter how hard or heartbreaking it is, you choose to love you and that will be enough. You will find so much freedom and security and a sense of well-being as you unpack your suitcase if you allow that to happen. Also, maybe play some music in the background that actually does relax you. Do something, especially if you're prone to any type of issues with PTSD, any type of trauma response. Make sure that as you unpack your suitcase, you're doing it safely. And again, um, if you're dealing with a physically abusive relationship and it's not safe, it doesn't ever hurt to have a backup plan. Contact the domestic violence hotline. They have a website. You can call them. You can talk to them. It's completely safe. And it doesn't hurt to have a backup plan. It doesn't. That's why you have smoke detectors. Nobody actually wants a fire in their house, but you got a smoke detector. That way, if something does go wrong, um, you have a warning system, right? Like you have an ability to get out safely. So always have your backup plan, okay? And that's it for tonight. I'm really excited to continue to work through restructuring emotionally with you. And until next time.